Here's LeBron, gives it up, Morris across court, Rondo just hit a three, and Rondo's got his third made three of the night. Rajon Rondo is saying, yeah, yes we do. Good morning and welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning. If you want playoff action from Tuesday, you're going to get it because we have it all here for you. I am Jared Weiss. I'm joined by Wasi Lambrey and we have Jade himself on the ones and twos. Coming up on today's show, Giannis and the Bucks are heading home from the bubble. Can't believe it. One respected player, he is calling it a career. And one respected coach of the year contender, he's walking away from his post. But first, we're starting with the Lakers. They seize control of their series against the Rockets and go up two to one after a 112 to 102 win. We got playoff Rondo in this one was. Yeah, it was incredible to see. I thought the first half, his attacking was just incredible. He was relentless at the rim, actually finishing layups, which is not something he's been doing all season long. Um, he controlled the pace of the game, was finding guys, setting guys up, uh, especially Anthony Davis. You saw him find him for a couple of alley-oops. Rondo just looked incredible. Um, it was, you know, it's become cliche to talk about how he steps his game up in the playoffs, but he's actually he actually did that tonight, and he was kind of the difference. Aside from, of course, LeBron going for damn near 40, dropping 30 in the first half um, to, to pace the Lakers, uh, Rondo was probably the decisive uh, factor in this game. You know, one thing I really love about playoff Rondo, which, by the way, as someone who was there for the genesis of playoff Rondo, it is absolutely a real thing. And what is great is it's giving their bench some semblance of balance here where they can take LeBron off the floor and they can still create offense. And we saw that when he was out there, not only did he go three for five from the field or three for five deep, eight for 11 from the field, which is shockingly efficient for Rondo. But when he's out there, they're throwing cross court passes to hit shooters. It's opening up Kyle Kuzma's game. And Kuz, he had another good night. He went seven for 10. He had some nice isolation shots when they really needed them to when LeBron was out. I mean, there is this Lakers team was supposed to be the most top heavy team in the NBA. And I think we're starting to see in this series, those bits and pieces in the middle ground kind of fill in for them. Well, I think what you're seeing happen is that because the Rockets play the style that they play, um, the problem for them is that the Lakers two best players put pressure on the paint. And so they have to pack it in. I would argue they didn't pack it in enough. Honestly, um, they, they kind of got spooked by a couple of Rondo threes. Uh, but I, I think that presents a problem for them when it comes to the role guys. These guys are getting wide open shots. They're attacking late closeouts. You know, they're in advantageous positions where if they just execute the, some of the simplest basketball plays, man, they, they got, they got opportunities to feast. I mean, we're seeing a lot of this high-low action where LeBron is just throwing it up to AD, who's just skying over Robert Covington to catch it under the rim. Covington's desperately fronting him, and he just can't do anything about the fact that AD is getting you know a foot above him, essentially, to catch the ball. We had one play where AD, he drew a double team, kicked it to LeBron. LeBron drives, and they have to double both of those guys when they have the ball, and that means that he could just drop it right off to Markeith Morris. I mean, there's just so many different ways that LeBron Ron and AD are drawing out that attention where you just have wide open Laker players and these Lakers, pretty much all of them are converting right now. Yeah. Caruso finally hit a shot. It'd be nice if Danny Green would show up for this series. 
Um, considering he's probably that he is their highest paid role player and he refuses to make a, an open jumper this entire series. But again, you saw other guys stepping up in major ways. Uh, but I want to talk about the, the Lakers defense in the second half. They kind of grinded the Rockets offense to dust, man. The rotations were crisp. I like that they're staying home on Harden, not overreacting. I thought some of the, the hard doubles at half court where you just, Harden knows exactly what you're about to do to him, and he just dissects you every single possession. It was terrible in game two. They kind of shied away from that and played him straight up. They were switching screens and just straight up like, look, James Harden, if you're going to make your step backs and all of that, that's cool. We'll live with that. But I, I liked what they did in the second half defensively, and LeBron was just insane. He was the rim protection, meeting guys at the rim. Even when he wasn't blocking, he was giving great contests. He was just incredible on defense. And I like the, just the overall team effort on that. And then I think that's where the series is going to be won. The theory for the Rockets to, to pull off this upset was going to be the Lakers inability to guard them in space. And that just hasn't been the case, man, in the key stretches of this series so far. And it seems to be no surprise that the team that probably has made the biggest adjustment out of any of the teams in the series is the Lakers going away from their double big lineups where they're playing JaVale McGee for a stint and that's it for centers for them. And of course, who is stepping in to be the great center at the rim? It's LeBron. It's, you know, this is what, this is what LeBron does in the playoffs. He turns your team into whatever kind of team you want it to be. And he ended up with 36 points on 13 for 23 shooting. He hit four threes, which is obviously huge. And he surpassed Derek. Eric Fisher to become the NBA's all-time leader in playoff wins. Yeah, is he's essentially been going to the playoffs since I, what's it been since like 05 and um he's been there every year except for last year which of course, you know, he missed a bunch of games due to injuries and the Lakers sort of flamed out afterwards, but he's always in the playoffs. He's always making deep deep runs. Uh that's a recipe to the all-time wins record. Okay, Waz, so what is going to happen over these next few games? Yeah, I, I mean, I think what you saw in the second half is kind of going to be the story of the series. The Lakers can guard this team, period. Um, and their superstars are kryptonite for the Rockets because, again, they put pressure on the paint constantly. I think what they have to do is gang defense in the paint, pack the paint as tightly as possible, force the Lakers, other guys to make wide open shots. That's their only hope at this point. But I think, I mean, come on, it's LeBron James, man. When it comes to the postseason, he figures out a way to get it done. We've seen it year in and year out. And I don't think this series will be the exception. I could see them just winning the next two games. Live sports are back, and we have been blessed with a matchup between the Clippers and the Nuggets, and so that's why our partners at Manscaped have partnered with us to make sure that your Nuggets are as safe as possible for that matchup. Manscaped is here to provide you with the best tools for your grooming experience. The Lawnmower 3.0 is the best hygiene tool for the modern man. Because of their ceramic blade and skin-safe technology, your sags will be reduced. They actually just just released their Shears 2.0 nail kit, which is the perfect add-on to their lawnmower 3.0 trimmer. The Shears 2.0 is a luxury four-piece nail kit. It features tempered stainless steel tools, and it includes slash tip tweezers, rounded point scissors, fingernail clippers, and a medium grit nail file. And their perfect package 3.0 comes with the new and improved lawnmower waterproof cordless body trimmer. They have performance boxer briefs 
and they have a travel bag for you to use when you're done quarantining. The Perfect Package 3.0, it also comes with a crop preserver and crop reviver. The crop preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant, while the crop reviver is a spray-on toner to tone that stuff up. It's made with soothing aloe and witch hazel extracts, so you can get 20% off plus free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code THEATHLETIC20 at manscaped.com. All right, let's head over to Bubble Milwaukee, where it's over for the Bucks. The best team in the league clearly was not the best team in the league once they faced the Miami Heat. The Heat, they win the series 4-1 to with a 103-94 to win. Giannis was out of this game because of that ankle sprain. And at least in the beginning, it looked like the Ewing theory was in full effect because the Bucks they got off to a great start. And then Kelly Olynyk ran down their throats of all people. Yeah, Kelly Olynyk was making jump shots from three-point range. He was crushing um, their switches. When they put a little guy on him, he was backing him down in the paint, putting his ass under the basket and scoring over little guys. Uh, he was just, he was great for Miami in this game. Um, but you kind of got the sense that the inevitable was going to happen. Uh, the Bucks weren't going to consistently score on Miami in the half court. In fact, I think they had a 74 offensive rating in the half court in this game, according to cleaning the glass. Uh, it's just, you know, they just weren't going to score without Giannis in there. And that was just, you know, that was it. And you know, the crazy thing, Jerry, as much as people, hemmed and hawed about the lack of imagination of the Bucks' offense with Giannis. They scored at a 111 offensive rating clip about two points off of their season average, which was good for top five in the league. If anything, it was their defense. And I keep saying this like a broken record. They did not bring their defense to this playoffs. Uh, they were a one, one, 102 defensive rating team, tops in the league. In the, in the Miami Heat series, they gave up 112 offensive rating. That's just, that's not going to get it done. The theory of this team was that they were going to be a just extremely tough to score on team in the playoffs with their length, their size. Um, and that just was not the case. Their defense let them down. They couldn't make the necessary adjustments. And now they're going home extremely early. And I mean, what makes Milwaukee's defense during the regular season so effective is that most teams run high pick and roll where they want their, their pick and roll guy to pull up and shoot it from deep. And that's what their defense is designed to take away. But Miami's not really that kind of offense. You know, Jimmy Butler is the kind of guy that wants to feel that presence on his back so he can kind of work his way into the paint. And then when the, the defense collapses, he finds shooters. And that's how Miami's offense works. And it works spectacularly against a Milwaukee defense that, for the most part, stuck to their usual scheme and their ske- usual scheme didn't work. So, Waz, do you think that it was as much a scheme issue and a coaching kind of you know, maybe a little like but Boonholzer just wasn't willing to change things up enough? Or do you think that Milwaukee just didn't bring it from an effort and energy standpoint? I don't think it's effort and energy. I think it's just a lack of ability to switch midstream, right? I think I think one of the reasons why you implement a drop scheme in pick and roll coverage is because it's simple. 
it's 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 very easy to drill that into your team. Like, all right, we're just going to protect the paint at all costs. We're not going to make it matchup specific. We're going to guard Rajon Rondo pick and rolls the same exact way we would guard a Kyrie Irving pick and roll, right? And that's and to me in the playoffs, that's death, particularly against a coach like Eric Spolstra. Many deep playoff runs. We've seen this guy make adjustment after adjustment after adjustment, and he's going to ruthlessly attack your weaknesses. And I think that's what the Heat did with their shooting on the perimeter uh guys like Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson were giving these guys fits all series and I think that that's just the result of it you know it's only to year two um with Budenholzer over there but you would have liked to see in year two some kind of tweaks right some kind of like all right we're gonna we're gonna custom fit our defense to our opponent and not have this one size fits all sort of plan and hope for the best um I'm sure Bud will be back next season I think all of the main characters will be back next season I think Trey kind of brings up a beautiful point on the, the other day on the um the, the NBA show, he said that this team has only been good for two years. <laughs> this is this second time being good, right? Like, it's not like they were the Clippers of the Chris Paul era who flame out six years in a row. This is their second year ever being a good NBA team um, in this iteration of the squad. So I don't think is, I don't think we should overreact. They, they damn near beat Toronto last year, but man, Bud's going to have to, he's going to have to do some soul searching this off season. You're absolutely right. I guess the one major concern is that Giannis' supporting cast, they're all in their primes right now, and it's not going to last too much longer. And there there are some natural questions about if he's not going to reach an extension, is he going to ask for a trade? And Giannis made sure to tackle that head-on after the game was over. He said some things that made it pretty clear he was committed to the future of the Bucks in his post-game press conference. And then he told Yahoo's Chris Haynes on the record that he is not going to be asking for a trade. He said that some see a wall and go in another direction. I plow through it. So if you're Milwaukee, I guess, do you feel confident heading into next season that you're a contender again, at least knowing that you have Giannis at, at least locked in through the end of his contract next year? And if you're the Bucks, this is the greatest player in the history of the franchise since essentially Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. You're not going to trade this dude um, for, for for spare parts. Like, no, go all in on next season. Try to build, uh, try to improve upon the team. Stop being cheap <laughs> and letting really good players and proven playoff guys like Jonathan Brogdon off of your team. Um, and, you know, make some tweaks around the roster, man. Make this thing a better thing. I don't see how you could just give up and say, you know what? We can't take the chance of this guy walking. This is the best thing that's happened to your your team in 40 years. Well, we'll see how they look next year with Chris Paul at point. Uh, they won't have Marvin Williams next year because Marvin Williams, after having 11 points on 5 for 10 shooting and 8 rebounds in this game, decided to retire. He told Mark Spears of ESPN and the Undefeated that it was time for him to walk away. He had 15 solid years after going number two out of North Carolina all those years ago in the draft. So salute to Marvin Williams on a strong career. And then lastly, on Miami, this team just looked pretty much perfect in this series. They're going to have either Toronto or most likely Boston based on where they are in the series at this point. Who do you think will be the favorite in the conference finals? 
Probably Boston. I think Boston, if, if it's, if it's, I think either Toronto or Boston are going to end up being the favorite in that series. Toronto, because they're not like Milwaukee, they're going to guard the hell out of Miami. Um, and it's going to, and that would be a knock them out, drag them out series. And the same with Boston. These are two elite defenses left on the Eastern Conference side. So I would say either one of those teams that comes out of the, the Raptors, uh, Celtics series would be favored to go to the NBA finals. Talking about erectile dysfunction, it is not easy. Usually we just brush it off or we blame ourselves saying things like I lost my mojo or we just avoid it altogether with excuses like I had a long day at work or sorry, I'm just not feeling it. But with Roman, it's easy to talk about it with a real healthcare professional who can prescribe you real medication. It's simple, safe, and totally discreet. So with Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home, a healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. If medication is appropriate, Roman will just ship it to you with free two-day shipping. The whole process, it's straightforward, it's simple, and it's discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to getroman.com slash ding and complete an online visit. Erectile dysfunction, it used to be tough to tackle, but now there's Roman. So complete an online visit today to connect with a healthcare professional and take care of it. Get to roman.com slash ding today. If approved, you'll get $15 off your first order of ED treatment. That is getroman.com slash ding. Getroman.com slash ding. And we'll be back after this. All right, let's get into the news then. We have our all-defensive teams. The first team, Marcus Smart of that Celtics team, Ben Simmons, Giannis, Anthony Davis, and Rudy Gobert. Second team, Eric Bledsoe, Pat Beverly, Kawhi Leonard, Bam Adebayo, and Brooke Lopez. Do you have any issues with those teams, Waz? No, I'm good with it. I'm good with it. I'm good with it, too. There's plenty of people that heard us just say that, and they're probably slamming their phone on the ground. But sorry, there are only two teams. Those are all elite defenders there. So, (laughs) you know, maybe we'll get a third team next year. Um, But the biggest news of the day came when Billy Donovan turned out to no longer be the coach of the Thunder. And to go over that, we talked to Daily Ding producer and Thunder aficionado Andrew Schlecht. Andrew, what on earth is going on in Oklahoma right now? You know, the Thunder really tried to slip that in in between the games, hoping that nobody would notice that this was going to happen. Uh, but to me, this is this is not surprising. Uh, the Thunder are headed in a very specific direction. Uh, Sam Presti actually took out a, an op-ed in the the Daily Oklahoman here uh, last summer, basically saying that they were in the uh, in a rebuild mode. And that this team was is really just not long for the Thunder. And I think they had some conversations. Sam even said tonight uh, that when they sat down to have their final conversation, Sam knew exactly where it was going. And he, he brought a cooler with beer in it. And they just had some beers and oh, wow. reminisced about the past five years. And they parted ways. And I think it is about winning. I think that Billy Donovan wants to be in a, in a situation where the team is uh, trying to win now. And I, I think the Thunder are uh, going in a different direction than that. This, the, I get. We always say this summer. It's not this summer. 
this this fall slash winter. The Thunder are going in a different direction. Uh, and I think that begins with the trade of Chris Paul, which, you know, I think that uh, prior to this past season starting, I think some would have thought it was crazy that they could find a landing spot for Chris. But uh, with, with the way that he rehabbed not only his game and his diet, I think that his image too, I think that, that some teams may be willing to take on that contract. And we saw CP3 release what was essentially a goodbye video right after, or I guess even before they were leaving the bubble. Sure. And it, it certainly seemed like it was a goodbye, goodbye video, but we were watching and thinking, didn't they just almost make like a really nice playoff run? Isn't this a team on the rise with young players coming into their own and CP3 still somehow in his prime, essentially, even though he's almost 35 now, or actually I think is 35 now. Mm-hmm. So what is the, what is the logic of sticking to the that original plan after Donovan and CP3 demonstrated this year that they can legitimately win with what they have right now. Yeah. I mean, for the Thunder, it's all about long-term sustainability and could this team be good for two more years? Yeah, I think so. Uh, But the Thunder, that's not what they're looking for. They're looking for a, a team that can be good for 10 years. And so the Thunder have two ways of making that happen, either through trade or through the draft. And they've already learned uh, with guys like Paul George, it's hard to keep guys via trade. And so to me, I think it's all about the NBA draft. And that's how in Oklahoma City, you can have long-term sustainability. I mean, if you look through anything that Sam Presti has ever said, long-term sustainability will be there. <laughs> that's, that's just a part of his vocabulary. That's a part of the way the Thunder function. And so they're looking to make another long run. And Chris Paul is not going to be a part of a long run for any team. I think he's he can be a part of a good team for the next few years. But the Thunder, I think they're ready to capitalize on the value that Chris Paul has. And the same with a guy, a guy like Dennis Schroeder. I think that you could look uh, at him finding a landing spot somewhere else. So I think the Thunder are really wanting to add to the value that they have already in their 15 first round picks over the next seven years. So I think that... Uh, that could increase as time goes on for OKC. So we've got about a minute left here before even getting to where CP3 and Billy Donovan, where their next landing spot is from their point of view. The Thunder still obviously have some control over the Chris Paul situation since he obviously is locked into a super long-term deal. Now they have tons of draft picks, Mm -hmm. but they don't have any high draft picks unless they go into the tank, which it sounds like they're going to be doing. But Houston, I mean, who knows how long this is going to last, but they're currently very competitive in the second round of the playoffs. Yep. So they clearly are going to be competitive for a while. So what what kind of move do you see the Thunder making with the assets that have a lot of value right now to try to get towards the top of the draft? Yeah, I mean, it'll be it'll be interesting for for this season in particular. I'm not sure if the Thunder are really aiming for a high draft pick. I I would guess that they're targeting 2021 and 2022 as drafts that have uh, guys that are certainly worthwhile at the top. And so not only can they have some control, obviously, over where they land as far as the lottery goes, but then you could see them make a move like the Dallas Mavericks did where they can add a pick or two to try to move up to get the guy that they want. And so the Thunder obviously can't use all the first round picks that they have to, for, for roster spots. So I'd imagine that you, you could see a move uh, 
like the Dallas Mavericks did for Luka Doncic for, for the Oklahoma City Thunder in the future. Well, I mean, last time that they tried to do a big rebuild, they drafted three Hall of Famers in a row. So I'm sure they will try to do what they can to get top five picks again. But so lastly, where do you think Billy Donovan ends up? Is he coaching this year or is he fishing for a year? I think that with, I mean, he he's he's up for a, a brand new contract. My guess is that he's going to land somewhere. I think that there's a lot of opportunities out there. You hear like the murmurs of the 76ers that have kind of been going on for a little while. Uh, Indiana has a uh, an opening. And if anybody can coach a team to be like pretty good to mediocre, that's I think Billy Donovan could do that really, very well in Indiana. Uh, you got New Orleans that, that is, has a coaching vacancy as well. I think that all those teams will have some interest. Chicago, another team that's been rumored for Billy already. So I think that, I mean, I think it's safe to say that, that he's – he's got enough cachet in the league at this point to, to land somewhere. And I, I think that if he's in a winning situation, I think that's okay. But I also think in a rebuilding situation, which I'm a little surprised. I mean, I think the thunder wanted him back. I think the thunder would have liked to have Billy back for the next, you know, another five years. Uh, Cause I think they really liked the job that he did, but I think, I think Billy was ready to move on and, and didn't really want to go through the painful part of the rebuild. So if, if you've got a team like New Orleans that's kind of ready to go and still young team, but you know has has pieces that are that are ready to win now, I think that, that that's actually a pretty good spot for him. So the big question is, where does Donovan end up next? Waz, do you have any idea where he could be next year? Yeah, it's kind of been an open secret that he was out of OKC. And the word on the street from what I've been told is that Chicago is the team. Um, it's basically a done deal. I heard this last week that the Bulls want him very badly. So I think that's going to happen. Well, that'll be an interesting one. I mean, they've got some young talent there. They have a new front office with some very highly regarded people. So that could end up being a better job in the short term, even than what he was doing with OKC and where they were. So that'll be very exciting. Well, speaking of moving on, we had somebody else that decided to officially move on from the NBA. Marvin Williams, who finished just finished his season with the Bucks, he is officially retiring from the NBA after 15 seasons. He told Mark Spears of ESPN and the Undefeated that he's been very blessed. God has been very, very good to him. And I mean, the guy was a second pick in the draft and didn't really play like the second pick of the draft, yet he still had an incredibly long and a career where he was well regarded and respected. Well, that is going to do it for today's show. Don't forget about the other basketball shows across the Athletic Podcast Network. We still have your favorite shows like the Athletic NBA show, No Dunks, House of Strauss, plus over a dozen team-specific shows available from some of your favorite athletic B-writers. And don't forget to follow on the app to get notifications for new episodes and utilize the podcast episode comment section. You can tell Waz that he sounds incredible. You can tell Dave that his beard looks amazing. Whatever you want to get off your chest, go leave a comment under the Daily Ding. And if you're not a member of The Athletic, you're in luck because you can get all of our podcasts ad-free, plus some fantastic writing across all major sports, all for a super low price. Get a subscription today at theathletic.com slash Daily Ding. You never know when these promos end, so you better get there soon. And thank you, as always, for waking up with us. Waz, what do we say at the end of every show? Ding, 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 dongs. 